All right, so today I'm going to do something a little different. I'm actually just going to sit here and talk to you as I go. I'm not reading. Uh, I don't have prepared anything. Um, so when I started this a long, long time ago, we started this uh, just to answer questions that uh, normal folks have. For instance, if I have a question, other people are going to have the same question, like, um, why does God, you know, put up with me? You know, most of us have uh, uh, insecurity issues, so we we have these questions. Uh, other questions are about should we thank God for every little thing? Yes, God wants thanks for the big things, the little things. He wants prayers for the big things, little things. He wants to know everything about you. Um, am I saved if I do this or if I do this? These are the questions that I had. So I started this just to to air out my own thoughts, my own concerns, my own feelings on the thing for one I, I did one about the wet mop uh, the, the the wet mop is the person who comes along and no matter what idea you have no matter how you're feeling this person is going to be that wet mop and is going to put water all over you because you know you need to be cleaned up a little bit you need to be fixed a little bit the wet mop's the one who dampens the fire the wet mop's the one who uh is always negative uh so you know um, and then uh, the one the, the, the one day I, I, I talked about uh, taking my daughter out to lunch and uh, I enjoyed it so much that I thanked her for going to lunch with me. I paid. I drove us, but I thanked her for going with me. So when God does everything for us, do we thank him enough? You know, and then there's the the the, the praise um, instead of praying all the time which you need to pray but that you do we praise enough do we have testimony enough do we give god enough thanks so i mean th these are the reasons that all of this was started and it has grown to where uh right about i reach right about 400 people a week which for one person's pretty good i don't have a ministry at my back it's just me and my study um i don't have uh the an apparatus there's no producer in here with me there's no there's nobody. It's just me. Everything that's done uh, under the name of the struggles of Christian is me. I, I do the radio station. I do the YouTube page. I do the Facebook. I do the the writing. I do the the speaking. I do the podcast. Everything is me. I don't have a team. It's literally just me. So when I started all of this, it was to answer questions, uh, to to voice my concerns and my questions, and to find those answers. And so I have, but I, I find now lately that people are changing so much so that when you question something, it seems to be that you are offending people. And I I know offending people in today's day and age, imagine that. But it, it seems, for for instance, the, the, the world right now tells the Christian, well, you can't do that because it offends us. And the Christian listens to the world. But yet when the Christian says to other Christians, hey, I don't think we should do this. Well, that's hateful and offensive to me. You shouldn't be doing that. Christian to Christian, this shouldn't be a thing. Okay. The redeemed of Christ, brothers and sisters in Christ, should have a higher standard than we hold the world to. We really should. Why? Well, I'm glad you asked why. In Luke, or Luke, <laughs> in Leviticus 19.1. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto all the congregation of the children of Israel, and say unto them, Ye shall be holy, for I, the Lord, your God, am holy. Now, if that's the case, if God was holy to the children of Israel, if he was to be 
top tier, looked up to, put on its pedestal. What happened that God has been knocked off of his pedestal? What happened that we are no longer to reverence God? What happened that we are no longer to fear God? We now fear the offending the world more than we fear God. We more we, we worry more about offending the person in the pew rather than the God that they're there, they say they're there to worship. When did this become a thing? When is it wrong to take a standard and set it in place and live by that standard that God himself has set? Now, I understand we are not under the law. We are under the age of grace. But just like your children, they can't do absolutely anything and everything and get away with it. They can't. God does not tell his people to do anything and everything and they can get away with it. That's not the way this works. When you are a redeemed child of God, you will serve him and you will want to serve him and you will want to be holy as he is holy. Does God have any standards? Of course he does. So I, I, I'm going to take a couple of little things today, and I don't know if you're aware of this or not, but I'm going to take a couple of little items today, and we're going to talk, and we're going to the Old Testament. Everybody says, well, you can't believe the Old Yeah, you can believe the Old Testament. You can read the Old Testament. You can understand the Old Testament, because if you do not know history, you will repeat history. And if you repeat history, it's never a good thing because you didn't learn the lessons from those who went before you. So in Exodus 28, let's go to Exodus 28, 1 through 3, and it says, And take thou unto the Aaron thy brother and his sons with him from among the children of Israel, that he may minister unto me in the priest's office, even Aaron, Nadab, and Abihu, Eleazar, and Ithamar, Aaron's sons. And thou shalt make holy garments for Aaron thy brother for glory and for beauty. And thou shalt speak unto all that are wise-hearted, whom I have filled with the spirit of wisdom, that they may make Aaron's garments to consecrate him, that he may minister unto me in the priest's office. Now, in, in, in the Baptist world, we do not have a priest priestly garment. We don't. Uh, we don't have things set aside strictly and solely for God other than the house of God. And I get that. But here's the thing. God took time, an entire chapter in Exodus 28, to have the priests wear exactly what he wanted them to wear to represent him. This is what is behind the standard of God. It's not because, you know, well, let's see how I say this. There's there's standards of God because we represent God. And you say, well, the, no, no, no. The Christian on the street, the saved, the born again, the child of God represents God. That's what the world sees of God. So if he took an entire chapter and said, this is how the priests are to dress, that means it's important to him, right? Okay. So let's go to Exodus 28, 43. Because God says in 28, 43, and they shall be talking about the, the clothes of the priests, and they shall be upon Aaron and upon his sons when they come into the tabernacle of the congregation or when they come near unto the altar to minister in a holy place, that they bear not iniquity and die. It shall be a statute forever unto him and his seed after him. 
So God says that if Aaron and his sons are not wearing these particular clothes and they are not doing exactly as they are being told right here, they will die if they enter into the Holy of Holies. They will die if they don't do it exactly as God says and they enter into the Holy of Holies. Now, when Christ died on the cross, the veil broke. The Holy of Holies is no longer there. We are now able to go before the throne of grace regularly, anytime we want to. We don't have to have a priest intercede with us. Our high priest died on the cross. His name is Jesus. He died for the sins of the world. I get it. But when you're representing God, he has standards. And we have taken those standards. We have taken that fear, that all, that reverence, and we have thrown it away so that we don't offend people. We have offended our God instead of the world. And I think that's wrong. Okay, so next, we're going to go to Exodus 30. And I'm telling you this because th 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 there's things here that are just irritating to me. And I want you to see it the way I see it. You don't have to agree with me, but this is to get you thinking, to get you saying, hey, maybe there is something standards of God that we need to meet. Maybe there is something holy to God that we need to be better. So Exodus 31, 30, verse 1, And thou shalt make an altar to burn incense upon. Of shittim wood shalt thou make it. God is worried about the altar that incense is going to be burned on. He even gives them exact instructions on how to make this altar. Okay? Then we're going to go down to 30.25. And thou shalt make an oil of holy ointment, an ointment compound after the art of the apothecary. It shall be a holy anointing oil. Okay? Upon man's flesh shall it not be poured, neither shall you make any other like it. If you ever wonder why they always only poured on the, the hair of the head. Upon man's flesh shall it not be poured, neither shall you make any other like it. After the composition of it, it is holy, and it shall be holy unto you. Whosoever compoundeth any like it, or whosoever put any of it upon a stranger, shall even be cut off from his people. He is so serious about the oil for him that he's going to cause whoever does it wrong to be an outcast. All right. So now we're going to go to 35. And thou shalt make a perfume, a confection after the art of the apothecary, tempered together, pure and holy. So God is so worried about the little altar, the incense, the anointing oil, and a perfume for just himself. He tells his people to come out and be holy as he is holy. Whosoever shall make like unto that the perfume to smell thereto shall even be cut off from his people. Are you getting what I'm saying? God is so worried about the standards in making a perfume specifically just for him and his work. That if anybody duplicates it for any reason, they are to be cut off from their people. Okay, so we don't live in the Old Testament. No, we do not. We do not live under the law. No, we do not. I don't live by the Jewish heritage. I do not. Even though I am circumcised because, you know, they decided that that's better for the health of everybody when you get circumcised. Okay. Um, I don't live under the law. Most Christians don't live under the law, but most Christians don't live with a standard either. And this is the problem. We have a God who is holy. Therefore, we should be holy. 
We have a God who cares so much even about the smallest details like a perfume, and yet we cannot be concerned enough to care about how we dress when we go before God or when we go before God and his service and stand before the people, we should be holy as he is. We should be dressed in our best as ambassadors. God cares so much about his image and his people. Okay, he does. He really does. He is holy. But we have taken and thrown out all the standards for fear of offending the very world we're trying to reach. I don't understand it. So let's go to... Um, First Peter 2 9. So we're going to go to uh, the New Testament. And what we're going to do is we're going to look at something here. Now, this is Peter. Um, if you remember, Peter was the uh, one of the first apostles. He was the lead apostle. Okay. He denied Christ three times, but he also uh, was um, given the chance to say, yes, I will serve thee, be a fisher of men three times. So he was able to say he loved him three times like he was able to. Or like he denied him three times. He was the one who led the, the 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 Pentecost. And when the Spirit came down, Peter was the one that preached, and thousands came to Christ. Peter healed a man because of the power of God on his life. Peter walked with Jesus. Peter saw the empty tomb. Peter knew a thing or two about God because he walked with God, Jesus, for uh, three years. So let's listen to what Peter has to say because. Peter knows now that they are no longer under the law. Peter knows Jesus. He knows God. He knows what the forward is to be. He knows what the plan is now. But ye, in 1 Peter 2, 9, but ye are a chosen generation, the Christians. Ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. You have been called out of darkness, out of sin, out of a lost and dying world. Ye are a chosen generation, a peculiar people. Okay, so Israel was, God said, come out and be a person, a people for me. I will be your God. You shall be my people. He said, you be holy for I am holy. And Peter is saying, a, that you are a chosen generation. And again, he's talking to the Christian here, not to the Jews. All right. Peter, uh, Paul was the apostle to the Gentiles, but Peter knows that the law is done at this point, that the law is no longer a thing for people. It's a Jewish thing, but not for the Christian. And Peter is writing to the Christian when he writes this book. Okay. So we are a chosen generation and we are to be a uh, peculiar people that you would show forth the praises of him who hath called you. So show forth the praises of Christ who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. God died for us. Now, many of you who say, what? Jesus was God, correct? The full Godhead in one body, all three in one body. He was God. He came down from heaven died on the cross, okay? Jesus was, is God. God died for us. He called us out of the darkness of our sin into his marvelous light. God breathed life into Adam in the garden, breathed life into his nostrils in the garden. 
God came to this earth and gave up his own physical breath on that cross for us. So his final breath expelled life into us. Both times he breathed out and life was given. If God died for us, and we believe that as Christians, that's the very template or, or cornerstone of our faith, God died for us then why should we not live for him? And that is the standard that we in America today have forgotten and lost. We want to say, well, I can do whatever I want. God doesn't care. He does. God has standards. God doesn't want you standing around going, well, I'm saved. I'm going to heaven. Everybody else, you're on your own now. That's not how this works. When you have been given the gift of eternal life, it is now on you to go out and tell others about that gift of eternal life. And just like your kids, when they go out into public, you don't let them go out just wearing anything. You want them to represent you. God wants you to represent him. So when I do all of this, I am not asking you to believe what I believe. I am not asking you to agree with me on everything I do here. But what I am asking you is to read the Bible, the verses I give you, open it up, read it, and tell me if God isn't holy. Tell me God doesn't have standards. You tell me with scripture where I'm wrong. Okay? But it's got to be scriptural. But the reason I do all this is not just to sit here and, 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 and tell people I'm right and tell people. No, this is to get people thinking. Whatsoever, let's see, uh, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are just, think on these things. Let me find that scripture real quick because it just popped into mind. Give me one moment. No, I'm not finding it all together. Here it is, Philippians 4, 8. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Now, what's true, what's honest, what's just? The word of God, the scriptures. So that is what we are to be thinking on. And so by by doing these podcasts and everything else I do, I, I, I want to voice my opinion, yes, because God has put something on my heart. He has. But at the same time, I want people who listen to think and formulate their own opinions as well. When I was growing up, I was in church, 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 church. I was all about church, 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 church. I'm no longer all about church. I'm all about Jesus, forwarding his work, his word, his name, his gospel, for his gospel is the good news, okay? So, Church does nothing for you. Jesus does for you. Jesus did for you. Jesus and the Holy Spirit still do for you by interceding for you at the with the Father, okay? The church will do nothing for you. It's all God. I want you to think. I want you to think on the scriptures. I want you to think on the things I'm saying. I want you to think on the things I'm reading. I want you to think on the things you think. And then I want you to read along with me. I want you to see. I want you to, 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 to read what I read, see what I see, and come away with conclusions. And again, I will listen to anyone 
but it must be scriptural if you're going to point out a flaw. I'm not perfect. I will make mistakes. I have yesterday and I will tomorrow. Okay. Today, eh, it's a today I haven't really done much, so not too many mistakes that I'm aware of. So when when you listen to me, don't just listen. Get your Bible out, check the verses. Don't just sit here and go, oh, he's right. No, think, formulate your opinion, what your opinion is, why you have that opinion. In 1 John, uh, John says, he writes these things. Where's that? No, five. John, 1 John, John tells us why he has wrote these things. And this is why I do what I do. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God. So he has written unto the Christians, the ones who believe on the name of the Son of God, the ones who follow Christ, that ye may know that ye have eternal life, and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. All right? So John is writing these things that to those who believe on the, 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 the Son of God, Jesus, that you, might, you may believe on the name. So... He's writing to reinforce what you already believe, to tell you why you believe what you believe. That's important. We have too many today who are parroting somebody else. They're not thinking for themselves. Don't parrot. Don't mimic. Learn. Think for yourself. Be your own uh, theologian. Be your own professor, okay? We have an unction from the Spirit that teaches us as we go. Uh, what's an unction? An unction is that when you're reading the scripture, a true child of God will read the scripture, okay, and will get something out of it. Because the spirit, as you read, is talking to the true child of God. Now, you say, well, this guy says something different. Well, first of all, let's check his theology, because if he is not of a true Christian, that is, those who have called on the name of Jesus, those who preach the gospel of Jesus, not the gospel of themselves. That's important. It's got to be. That's why I say anybody who wants to, to debate or talk or, or email me or whatever, that's fine. But it's got to be a scriptural argument. Okay. And that's where uh, most of us are wrong because somebody comes up and says, oh, you're wrong. And, and okay, well, if I'm wrong, then tell me. We're not going to argue. We, we will discuss, but you've got to give me definitive proof, just like I did in here about the the standards of God. Um, just like uh, those who say, we, we can't have eternal salvation. We can. John 3.16 says, you shall have eternal life. Okay. And there are those who say, well, uh, you can lose your salvation. No. God puts us in his hand and nothing, nothing can take us out of his hand. Nothing. If he says nothing can take you out of his hand, nothing shall pluck you out. Nothing's going to pluck you out. You have to have scripture, just like I have scripture. Okay. So the purpose of this is to set some standards, to get back to the word of God and not somebody just going, I believe this. Well, you got to prove it. So... When you're listening to this, you're hearing it. I may make you mad and I may offend you. And that's fine. Um, John the Baptist was killed because he offended. Jesus was killed because he offended. Stephen was killed before he offend, because he offended. Paul was persecuted in stone and eventually killed because he offended. And that's fine. We're going to offend people. I get it. But make sure when you get offended, your offense, your 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 frame of mind there is scriptural and in Christ, not just because you don't like what's being said. So 
to sum up, God had standards. He had standards for an altar, for incense, for perfume. If he had standards for that for the people who are uh, his people, then why today do the Christians not have standards? Because we might offend the world. I would rather offend the world and set an example for them than offend the world or then be worried about offending the world and let them go to hell. Okay? So just uh, when, you, when, when you hear this, when you're going along, keep your Bible open. Keep your mind open. And if there's any argument, any debate, keep it scriptural. All right? All right. Thank you. Have a great day.